Farmers in the Harvest. This podcast is a weekly conversation about the gospel and the work that God is doing through those who labor for him. Now, your host, Kevin Fulcher. joining me today in Labors for the Harvest. This is Kevin Folger, and um, we're so glad to have you as a listener today. Uh, In our last uh, episode, uh, last podcast, we were visiting with Frank Suglio, and uh, we got to the point in that episode where Frank was sharing uh, with us about how God used uh, people, specifically uh, a friend, as well as uh, the Cleveland Baptist Church, in preaching the gospel to reach him and to bring him to a point of salvation. Frank, thanks again for being part of uh, today's uh, broadcast. Not a problem, Pastor. All right. So in our last episode, you shared with us about coming to faith in Christ and and how God really changed your life. So let's kind of pick up from there. And um, you had mentioned that you were struggling in your relationship with your wife. So uh, had you guys divorced at that point? or? Yeah, yeah. Somewhere along that process, we got divorced because, again, as I was trying to figure things out and, 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 and try to make the pain of, of, of really the void of God in my life go away, uh, you know, first we got separated and then I thought, well, maybe I still feel this way because we're still technically married. And so then we actually did get divorced uh, probably somewhere like halfway through that journey. Okay. All right. So after your salvation, um, <laughs> I know that you uh, reached out to Rebecca. So let's talk a little bit about that. Okay. So Rebecca is your, the lady that you were married to that you divorced. And so, um, as God worked in your heart and your life, you saw the need of realizing, Hey, I'm not really divorced. I may be physically divorced, but in the sight of God, I'm not really divorced because there really hasn't been anything to really break this marriage other than our own will. Yeah. So, how, what, what, got, what did God use in your life to, to bring that about? Well, so, so as I mentioned, there were several things that I, I needed to stop doing that I was doing and several things that I needed to start doing that I wasn't doing. And as with all of it, uh, with this was the same thing. Basically, you know, the Holy Spirit would convict me of something and it would bother me. I would try to suppress it, but it just wouldn't go away. So I'd come here to a church service. And then as soon as the church service was over, I would find either one of the pastors or, you know, Danny at the time. And I would say, well, what does the Bible say about this? You know, and I would just kind of bring it up like that. And so that day I was convicted about marriage. And I remember uh, we were in the back foyer. And I, I really wish we would have had the coffee shop back in those days because a lot mm-hmm. of these conversations were on that sure. little bench in the, in the foyer. And so I said, well, what does the Bible say about marriage? And so he opened the Bible up and he flipped to a portion of scripture. I believe it was in the Gospel of Mark where, where the Lord is, is speaking on the subject when they asked him. And I remember holding his Bible and I remember reading through it. And, and then it just, it just hit me. And, and I remember the Bible just slowly came down from my face. And I looked at him. I said, according to the word of God, I mean, this is Jesus speaking. This is God speaking. I'm still married because just because I, the state of Ohio, granted me a divorce, that doesn't mean that God, you know, views it that way. And then he kind of just said, yeah. And, and I mean, that changed everything. And at this point, you know, because through that whole process, our relationship went from bad to worse to really at this point, I feel like um, between Rebecca and I, we were at the best that we've been in years. You know, we pretty much figured that we're not going to make it together. We tried over and over again and it just didn't work. And so we were really good friends raising our children together. And so at that time, you know, when this happened, I'm like, well, you know, we're like friends now, you know, those feelings aren't, aren't there anymore. And I remember going home that night and I believe it was a Wednesday night service and I wrestled with God all night about it. Mm -hmm. And I remember saying, God, if this is true, you know, 
I, I'll surrender to this. I said, but I, you know, you have to give me these feelings again because, you know, I've, 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 you know, reserved myself to that this isn't going to work and moved on. And so again, I, I woke up that next day and the Lord, you know, miraculously gave me feelings for Rebecca as my wife again. And, and I, and I told God that night, I made a vow. I said, I said, if, if you do that, then I will surrender my life. I will, I will live as a husband of one wife. Whether she wants to be a part of it or not, I will be the best husband from a distance, best father from a distance I can be. My whole life will be focused on that. Um, and, and, and so I, I, I went with that, and I went over to Becca's house, and I remember that was our home, you know, where, where, where we had bought together and got married. And I remember going over there, and, you know, she got saved as a child, but she was obviously away from the Lord when her and I met and got married and everything. And so she had gotten back into a church at this time. She's going to a community church. Again, very, very, the, her, their whole, yeah, very, very tossed to and fro with every wind of doctrine. She wasn't really grounded, um, you know, and, and it hurt because it was like, I'm saying stuff that's in the Bible, but she doesn't really get it. And she's like, well, who's this guy? I think he is. He just, yeah. you know, started going to church. <laughs> but it's like, I, I, I learned so much from being here that I was like, wait a minute, that's not right because this is what the Bible says. And so I, I told her, I said, well, look, you know, according to the word of God, we're still married. And, and I remember thinking that, you know, she was going to see it the way I saw it. Well, this is, this is obviously, you know, true. And she got so mad. And it was the first time we argued in months. <laughs> and, she, and she yelled and screamed at me, and then she stormed off. And I remember sitting there, like, waiting, like, is she going to come back down? And no, she didn't come back down. So I opened up her Bible to that portion of Scripture, and I left it open there. And I left. And I remember I, I went in my truck. I'm in the driveway, and I sat there for a minute. And at first, I'm, I'm, I'm you know, tears in my eyes, thinking, like, God, this wasn't supposed to happen. I said I was going to do this, and and now this. You know, I, I had no idea about that. She has a free will, too, and she has to submit to God's will as well. And and then I remember just a peace coming over me. And, and I remember looking up, and I said, all right, I did it my way long enough. I'm going to do it your way. If it means i got to be single for the rest of my life, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm with you, God. We're going to do it your way, and I'm going to live the way I should. And it was difficult, you know, because uh, that whole process – took about four months for her to finally see that the difference was was real and not just mm -hmm. you know not, not just speaking it but actually living yeah. it um but but i always tell people it, just because it was only four months you didn't know that at the time and right. so i'm thinking i might have lived the rest of my life sure. in that yeah. in that way yeah. and so basically i just kept on trying to do and, and it's funny because you know at this time you had not given me this advice but it's something that you've given me and, and i've used many times you know since then it's just keep on doing today what you know you're supposed to do and allow tomorrow to take care yeah, of itself right. and so i couldn't change her mind but i could be i could start doing christian things so right. i started going soul winning i started coming to every service instead of just wednesday night so sunday morning sunday night wednesday night and whatever the holy spirit convicted me on i would ask about it and then i would either stop doing it or i would start doing it like tithing getting baptized was one of them and so when when rebecca saw me actually start tithing you know and there was a time where I was so against tithing, and then she saw me actually going forward for baptism, and that's a big thing for a Catholic to to get baptized, Absolutely. you know, because they're that, thinking that's the severing, yeah. yeah, yeah, and my and that was really like my parents were all about me coming here and everything that was going on as long as I was still going to the Catholic Church, but once I said about baptism, ooh. It was like, you know, that was the touchy yeah. subject. And so she knew that, you know, and so, so God was working on her this whole time, seeing the difference, you know, and eventually after about four months, she opened up to the idea. And so we started, you know, working towards reconciliation at that point. Okay. So God then brought you back together. Mm -hmm. You guys remarried. You were living in Florida and running a pretty successful landscaping business. Is that correct? Yeah. And so, uh, you know, God will often validate 
when uh, when when you submit to His will. Mm-hmm. And so she she submitted and she started coming to Cleveland Baptist. She saw for a while we were going to her church and then yeah. our church, mm-hmm. and she saw the I difference. Remember those days. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it wasn't long before she saw the difference in the preaching and actually the the, the truth out of the Word of God. This so she started coming here, and it was after a Wednesday night, and, and so. While we were separated, at some point in that, all that, she had to file for personal bankruptcy. Mm. And so um, they asked her, you know, do you, what, do you have any assets? And, and her lawyer's like, no. And she's like, well, the only thing I have is my wedding ring. And it was almost like the lawyer was like telling her like this, like, you know, like don't say anything. Mm-hmm. But she felt convicted, like, well, I can't lie. I have to yeah. tell the truth. And so they took her, her engagement ring and wedding ring, which, you know, I mean, again, at the time, it was a successful business. I was unsaved. I mean, I spent a lot of money on it. But that was something special to us. You know right. what I mean? It was, mm-hmm. it was, it was, that meant something to us. And I remember, I didn't know about it. She wouldn't tell me about it. But when that day when I went over her house and she didn't want nothing to do with me, I asked for my wedding ring back. Mm-hmm. And I said, where's your ring? And she wouldn't tell me. Mm-hmm. But she did give me mine. And I started wearing the ring again, even though we weren't, you know, officially mm-hmm. together yet. And so, you know, when she finally did tell me, I remember crying like a baby, thinking like, God, this isn't supposed to happen. You know, this was this is like, you know, that was supposed to be perfect. And so, but again, I just kept on doing today what I knew I was supposed to do. And, and by August of that year, um, all of a sudden we were leaving Wednesday night service. And for whatever reason, we had driven separate. And all of a sudden she slammed on the brake. She was in front of me. And she came running to my truck crying. And she had a voicemail from the lawyer. And when she handed that ring over, which at this point would have been a year and a half prior, um, she was crying doing so. And the lawyer, the the lawyer who received it, that was working on on behalf of the the you know the on the other side of her, um, you just couldn't turn it in, mm. and he kept it in a safe this whole time. It wow. was trying to allow them to not take it. Finally, they surrendered to not take it, and that night, you know, when we started coming here full time as a, as a couple. They, she called. They called and said, "You can come pick up your ring." That's amazing. That's and, amazing. And so from that moment on, we were, you know, we were just, you know, so excited that God was, you know, definitely working in this. And so the Lord moved us to Florida, and you know, I, I didn't really understand it at the time, but I know now it was for two reasons. One, it was to reunite our family because right. we needed to kind of get away from everybody that we knew right. and just work yeah. as a family unit. And the other thing was to, to call us to full time ministry. Mm-hmm. And I think He needed to take us away from home, from Cleveland Baptist, to do so. Mm-hmm. And so we went down there, and, and I didn't know why, but I knew that the Lord wanted us to start a landscaping business. And, I mean, I was in a construction company doing concrete, but I didn't know anything about landscaping. But I just I knew God wanted me to do it. And so, again, just being faithful and doing, taking those steps, you know, the Lord really blessed it, and it was a very successful company. Um, and we lived in Florida in totality just under four years. So the call of God to ministry. Let's talk a little bit about that. How, what happened and how that happened. Sure. Well, I always I always wanted to do whatever I could do. I mean, I was scared to death to speak publicly and I, I was really insecure because That's of kinda my changed. Time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, quite a bit. Well yeah, there was a time where I was down in Florida and again I, I just wanted to serve. I wanted to do whatever I could to help. And I remember asking uh, Pastor Pedro Morales, who you know, uh, hey, is there anything I could do to help? And he goes, oh, well, and we were starting a Sunday school class. And so I was kind of like his errand boy. I would do whatever yeah. I could to help. And I somebody goes, why don't you do announcements? I said, oh, no, I can't do announcements. Uh. I would have to get up and speak in front of people. And then just to show you what the Holy Spirit could do, and he's in it. And so I always wanted to just help. And I always just envisioned myself as I'd be that guy that was, uh, you know, good businessman, you know, good tither, yeah. and, and maybe, maybe you know, just help out around the church and things like that. And, and that's what I was doing. And, and, and during that time, uh, Pastor Morales was, was discipling me. 
And so I would go on, on door knocking with them. I would do everything with them, but I was always a silent partner. I'd be scared at all. I don't want to say nothing. I don't want to get anything wrong. You know, the devil really used my past against me. You know, mm-hmm. good. You, he, God yeah. can't use you. Who do you think you are? And so at some point, he was going to plant a church in, in the Florida area. And so I said, well, I can't do much, but I'll go. I'll help you. I'll do whatever I can. And our pastor down in Florida recommended him taking a church. And so he got a, a, a list of like over 90-some churches, you know, independent fundamental Baptist churches in the United States, and I think a few might have been in Canada, that were without a pastor. Wow. And I remember it just, it just you know, striking my heart and saying to myself, I'm not much, but I'm better than nothing. And so I would say that's really when the call started, only I didn't know how to discern it at the time. Sure. So I just continued doing what I was doing. And in the process, as I mean, God just kept on blessing the business, and so... January by January of 2014, uh, at that point of you know being in business for two years, and we were making so much money, things were going so well. We had brand new vehicles for both my wife and I. We just built a brand new $275,000 home, and we moved into it. And I remember it was it was it was January, and I went down to do my devotions in the morning. I went down the stairs, and I remember just crying, thinking like, God, why did you give all this to me? I don't deserve this. If you've already done so much for me, you know, why on earth would you do this? I don't need this. You know, there, there's there's a difference between why I need it. I don't need any of this. And God really used that. And I didn't know what it was because, I mean, everything was so perfect. And I, so, so I, I often use the term, you know, God starts ruffling the feathers. Mm-hmm. Now, I knew I was in the specific will of God for me, not only just his general will of doing what any Christian should be doing, but I knew I was doing exactly what he wanted me to do with the right. landscaping business and everything. And all of a sudden, everything that was just perfect and so good, all of a sudden, things started going wrong. They had nothing to do with us. We were still doing the same things. It's just one of those things, like, everything kept on happening. And I say that that's, there's God ruffling the feathers. He was trying to get my attention. And so this was like May or June of 2014. Mm -hmm. And so at that point, um, you know, I said, well, Lord, this is our busy season. If you could just give me to like September, I swear I'll I'll, I'll start praying about this more. I'll I'll seek counsel. I'll try to figure out what it is that you want me to do. And I had no clue. I said, but just help me get through this time. And he did. I mean, it was tough, but he got us through that time. And then as soon as the, you know, the weather started changing and things started slowing down, it was like a Holy Spirit reminder on my phone. You know, there it was. Hey, don't forget what we said. And so at that moment, I started praying. I started fasting. I started seeking godly counsel. And, you know, God started working through that time. And in that time, I, I had never wanted to come back to Cleveland. You know, we had, we had come back. The first year we moved, we came back twice because of a wedding and for a holiday. And from that point on, we never came back. And I, and I, and I would have been fine never coming back. Because mm-hmm. I'm in Florida. Things are going, well, what do I want to go back to Cleveland for? My family should come down here. It's warmer here. It's mm-hmm. nicer here. And so um, I almost, like, half-jokingly told the family, I said, okay, well, you know, the weather's starting to change. We're starting to slow down. We're going to take a vacation. And, and, and I wanted to go on a cruise. And so as a joke, I was like, what do you guys want to do? Go on a cruise or go to Cleveland for Thanksgiving? And all three of them were like, let's go to Cleveland for Thanksgiving. I'm like, what is the matter with you guys? <laughs> and so I, 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 I submitted to that. And I, and I asked Pastor Pete uh, to meet me, um, you know, for breakfast at that time. And I, and I remember asking, I said, I mean, am I crazy? I said, but it, it seems like God's trying to call me to ministry. I said, but he couldn't call me, right? And it was at that time, we were at Cracker Barrel over on Tiedemann, you know, right down the street from the church. And he, he shared with me a few testimonies. And 
Um, you know, one was about Pastor Thompson and his past prior to salvation. And the other was about you just starting out in the ministry and preaching and, and really struggling with preaching at mm -hmm. first. Because those were the two things that I was worried yeah. about, my past and how am I supposed to be a preacher. Yeah. And, and to me, I mean, I have never heard anybody preach like you preach. Mm -hmm. We had many people come in here, but I always would always say, well, they're good, but Pastor Folger's better. We should just have him preach all the time. And so to hear that, to think like, what do you mean? He struggled with this at the beginning. I really understood that God could use, if God wants to use them, but he's going to use them sure. no matter what their holdups are. All right. Well, we're going to kind of wrap that up to this episode right now. And then we're going to pick up at that point uh, in our next episode. And once again, I want to thank you for listening to Labors in the Harvest. We're talking with Frank Suglio. Frank is a man who uh, God uh, obviously saved. And then, uh, as you just heard, he, God worked to call him into ministry. We're going to pick up from that point on what God did in his life in our next episode. So thank you for joining us. And once again, uh, I hope that you'll join us again next, next time for Labors in the Harvest. Thank you for listening today. We hope that you have been encouraged by today's podcast. If you have been helped, we want to encourage you to subscribe and to share. Please feel free to leave us a comment. If you want to know more about Kevin Folger and the ministry, please visit his ministry at kevinfolger.com. We invite you to join us again next time for more Laborers in the Harvest. Thank you.